right, here we go. Danny, you pumped for this? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Number one. Here we go. Uh, well, what we're going to talk about on this first episode, um, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Danny Heath. Uh, Danny and I are going to be co-hosting this podcast together. Uh, so it felt like it only appropriate that we uh, introduce ourselves first. So Danny, let me pass it over to you. And why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, your hockey background, where you're from, how you started playing and kind of walk me through your, your playing days. Right on. Well, one, one, I'm super pumped to be doing this with you. I think there's a lot of good that can come from this. And, and again, just, uh, just trying to leave the game better than I found it. And with you jumping in the picture, I I think we can, we can get a lot done and, and impact a lot of people. But as far as my playing days, it all started back in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, um, Glendale to be exact, but, uh, grew up there my entire childhood, kind of playing youth hockey. Um, back then when I started playing, uh, I started with roller hockey, believe it or not. Um, Good. and honestly, I say it all the time. If you could have gone to college or played in the NHL and it, it had been roller hockey, I would have never ever switched to the game of the ice just because I, I loved it too much. There was too much like, and not that I was super high skilled, but the, the game of roller hockey, like you had to have skill to play it. And so I, I just, I loved it. And I, I played roller hockey till my, um, second, my, it would have been my second year, like my last year of squirts is when someone was like, Hey, you should probably switch to, to ice hockey. And I remember, uh, like getting to, like nowadays, like I live in Minnesota now and that's like a dinosaur starting. Like a, you, you didn't start till squirt hockey. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I, I don't know what it is where you guys are, what, what your uh, when people start like their age, when they start, but in Minnesota now it's like three, two and a half, like kids are skating before they can walk. But. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as, uh, as soon as the kid can stand up, they're out on the ponds and the rinks and skating away. Right. Crazy. But and Phoenix wasn't the same. And so, so I played roller hockey and then I, I switched to ice hockey and kind of took off from there. Um, my first year playing, we went to that Fargo squirt tournament. Yeah. I've heard about that one. I've never yeah. been there, but I've heard it's massive and it's huge. Uh, my, yeah. my team won it. So not a big, <laughs> oh, big deal. deal. Yeah. <laughs> the glory days, huh? Let's go. Now we beat, uh, I remember it cause we beat a dine in the championship. So I was like, wow, this ice thing is fun. So I stuck with it, had some, I had like way too good of coaches, um, just kind of blessed or lucky, whatever your, your beliefs are. But I, I got put into a system where a childhood friend of mine, Derek Johnson, his dad, Jimmy Johnson, um, who played, I don't know, close to a thousand or over a thousand. I'd have to look at that, but he played a ton of games in the NHL. And he always talked about how he never played a game in the minors because the way he prepared and hopefully we can get him on this podcast. But um, he also played a, Minnesota Duluth and he coached me from my peewees till I left to play junior hockey and so my first year band solid, we had yeah so you, some, you started off right out of the gate with some solid solid positive coaching you know people telling you the right thing right. Right and kind of give you a little yeah. a little uh, caught up quickly after starting a little late there huh absolutely so it was a quick quick learning curve for sure and uh when went from my, my youth hockey and, and there was kind of something in the water in our age group, our, our birth year, um, between like three different years within my birth year, we had like 14 ish. I'd have to look at the number, but kids played division one from our team, which was 
it was pretty cool. And like, you know, kids going to North Dakota, Canisius, Maine, Denver, kind of all over the place, all from this little pocket in, in Phoenix. And uh, with me going to Mankato, it was just, it, it was really cool. And so we got to play with each other. We, we won tier two, national tier two, yes, tier two, but tier two national championship, um, my, our Bantam year. So that was kind of a big thing for, for Phoenix. And yeah, so, kind of a non-traditional ice hockey area, making strides and, and putting a lot of players at, into the D run one ranks back then. I mean, how, when was that? Was that like, how, how long ago was that? Uh, when they went to college. Yeah. Like your youth hockey, what, what like, yeah, that was, was, yeah. I mean, that was like 2000 would have been like 2004, 2003, like kind of around then when we were kind of in our all getting ready to go to juniors and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's something in the water, probably had something to do with both our coaches were studs in the NHL. Our, our assistant coach was Alf Samuelson. And then, uh, he played in the NHL forever, actually ended Cam Neely's career. Probably just want me saying that, but <laughs> he's, uh, and these coaches, like I, I can remember them the way they practiced was like how they played in the NHL. Like they, they were both D men in the NHL. They'd pair up and we'd be coming down on, on a two on two or a three on two. And they would just be slashing us and hooking us and hitting us into the boards. And at the time you're like, what the heck? But then when you, <laughs> when you go to, you go to junior hockey, you're like, okay, I'm glad he did that to me for the last Yeah, No mercy. Huh? Get you, yeah. get you ready to, to, to level up there. So you for played sure. your, played your youth hockey there in Arizona and then went, um, and then you made a jump when, when and where did you jump to from there? Yeah. And this will, this will probably be another topic. Um, I left my senior year of high school, uh, which I, I wish I wouldn't have, but, um, I left about halfway through. I played, played the first like 15, 20 games for my midget team in Phoenix. Um, and then got, got a call to come play a couple games in the USHL for Tri-City Storm. Went there, did pretty well. And they're like, Hey, we want you for the rest of the year. And again, this is, this is a deeper topic, but I, I, little, a little kid from Phoenix gets the chance to go, uh, play hockey for free and not have my mom who was already stressed out enough trying to pay for stuff, not have her be in that financial burden. I was just like, yeah, you know what? I'll go. Sure. I'll go. I'll go. And, uh, my coach, Jimmy, he's like, you shouldn't go. Um, I was, I was picked for that, uh, national team development program in that final 40 camp. And so I went to that camp and before that, Jimmy said, if you make that, you're going to that. And if you don't, you're coming back no matter what team offers you. And again, like, like I said, I, I should have listened to him. Um, but I went to the USHL and first couple of games were awesome. Tucked one in the back of the net, felt pretty good. I was, I was kind of an offensive defenseman. At least I thought I was. Uh, and then it was like my third game. I broke my wrist and I, I don't think I've played a, a healthy game of hockey ever since then. And so luckily I, I committed to Minnesota state university before I went to junior hockey, my, my junior year of high school, I committed. Um, and so when, when all these injuries did happen, I, the, the plan was to play one year of junior hockey outside of high school hockey. So when I graduated, I was going to play one more year, but with injuries, I ended up playing, I ended up playing two years at, at Tri-City. And then instead of going to Mankato, um, again, because I, I tore my shoulder up and 
the USHL at the time was 60 game seasons and I played three years, a total of like 52 games. And okay. so like, I, I could just never, just never, play, ever play get injuries all three years. Huh? Yeah. And so, I mean, it was everything from broken wrists to concussions, to dislocated shoulders, to sports hernias, to dislocated pubic bones, which is pretty common in pregnant women, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother story for you, huh? <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother podcast for sure. But um, yeah, I just don't know if I wasn't ready or what it was, but I, I got to junior hockey and it, it, it was uh, too much for me at the time and spent two years, like I said, in Tri-City and then another year I got traded to Des Moines uh, for Andrew Panzarella, which I don't know if you know that name, but he was, he's the biggest fighter in our league. So I felt pretty good about that. He, uh, he ended up playing in North Dakota. So at least I was worth something because I know he went to Tri-City and, and they did pretty well. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, I, I spent that year for um, in Des Moines with uh, Gensel. Okay. And so his, his boy now plays for Jake Gensel, plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So his dad was our coach. And then I, and then JP. So Danny, it sounds like you were pretty fortunate then uh, to have some good, uh, you know, some quality coaches growing up in youth hockey. And then also had some, some great coaches when you're in the, at the junior level, um, which kind of makes sense now that it probably left a big impression on you, I'm guessing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had, uh, I mean, from youth till I stopped playing the game, I had obviously when I was in college, Division One coaches or NHL players, ex NHL players, and now both my both my youth coaches. One of them uh, last couple of years, I don't think he's coaching this year, but he coached for Edmonton. And so, like, just the the opportunity I had, and whether I realized it or not when I was younger, but the opportunity I had, like, to see how they did things and the way they went about their business and uh, how happy they were that they were still in the game that got them there. Right. And, and now they're all, all of them are making a career off of a game that they love. Right. And so just to be able to see that and, and kind of grow with that, it, it, it helped me make the transition to coaching easier. Um, because the way what happened with me was, um, so I finally made it to, to college hockey after injury and injury and injury. And then, uh, my sophomore year at Minnesota State, uh, I played for Troy Judding, uh, awesome coach, and he he did a lot for me. Obviously, he he offered me my scholarship and got me got me there, and so I'll always be in, in debt to that guy for for what he did for me. And and got there my first year, I wasn't playing much. I just came off surgery. I was rehabbing my uh, my growing. That's when I dislocated my my uh, pubic bone, two sports hernias. Uh, but I got to run on an underwater treadmill. Have you ever ran an underwater treadmill? No, I haven't done that. I've seen yeah, those pretty, things. They look like yeah. they're uh, a little challenging, yeah. huh? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so I got to do that, experience that. And then my sophomore year, we were playing at RPI, second game. Uh, I was trying to be a tough guy at the end of the game. We just lost and kind of went into a guy, bumped him after the game, and he, he slew foot of me pretty dirty. He'll admit that. I won't say his name on this podcast, you know, just in case he's listening. And it gave me my eighth diagnosis, or no, my seventh diagnosed concussion, uh, which, I mean, you've played the game for a while. Who knows how many we had back when they didn't care about them. And yeah, so right. when you have eight diagnosed, and, and this one kind of put me into a dark room for a while, um, 
couldn't, couldn't go to school, couldn't do my studies, couldn't do, do a lot of things. And, um, finally I sat down with doctors, coaches, my mom, and, and just decided that, you know, it was more important for me to tie my shoes when I'm 50 than to finish out my college career and try to make a, I mean, who knows where it would have went, but to me, I would rather be able to, like I said, tie my shoes and have a conversation when I'm 50 years old than, than say, Hey, I scored a goal in the NHL or I won a national championship for MSU. Like those would be awesome things. Uh, but for me at the time, uh, it just wasn't worth it. So yeah. What uh, a tough call for like a young athlete. You said that was your sophomore year, sophomore year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year. So you're what, like 22 or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And so, tough uh, yeah. And it, to, to make things worse, like jutting got relieved of his coaching duties that year. And so we were having a new coach come in, Mike Hastings, who he's probably the best coach I've ever had. And I never actually played for him, but he, he came in and, and I remember my first meeting with him, he sat me down and he, he had some better choice words, but he basically said like, Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, uh, why should I give you one of my 18 scholarships or whatever that number was that they, they get at school. And I was like, wow, it's pretty, uh, that's a tough question. Like, Hey, how are you? It's nice to meet you too. But yeah, no beating around the bush. Huh? Yeah. So that was kind of his first question. Honestly, I wish I could tell you, I said something like motivational, something that would be on the movie miracle. But, uh, honestly, I don't remember what I said. And, um, but whatever I said, it worked because, uh, he, he kept me on as a student assistant coach. And I, I got to learn from right out of the shoot from Mike Hastings, who, I mean, he's, he's the most winningest coach the last four or five years in NCAA and he's coached in world juniors and, uh, he's just, he's the real deal. Yeah, he so knows got, what he's doing, right? Yeah, he does <laughs> for sure. And so it was cool. And I, the big, one of the biggest teaching moments that he taught me was like day one was that you, you can't be afraid to do things that are beneath you. And at the time I was like, I don't know, you want me to like clean, clean the office or like what? And, uh, I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but now, now as I, I get older and I do things like, it's honestly like pushing the nuts for the Zamboni. If you're the head coach, like, ah, like I'll do that, like whatever. And so he was always the first coach on the ice. He would set the nets up on the pegs. He, he would do kind of all those little things that honestly, I mean, the guy coached world juniors, right? So you'd think they were beneath him, but it was just something that kind of stuck with me. And it's definitely something that I try to, to teach others as I kind of go through this hockey journey of mine, but it's, uh, it's interesting. And then um, did two years as a student assistant, and then kind of one year as a, as a volunteer assistant slash I uh, coached the local high school team. And then uh, it was like three games into that. I took a puck to the mouth on the bench and shattered my jaw. Uh, so that's, that's what I get for trying to, trying <laughs> to stay healthy and get out of the game. Uh, yeah. It was like the injuries. I don't know. Oh, a year, a year out of college and I, I take it right to the mouth uh, it was just an icing on a or, uh, on a penalty kill. They're just dumping it down. I, I pulled PP one off because they weren't doing very well. Uh, I get still Kyle Loft who plays at Bemidji. He was our our big defenseman at the time. I pulled him off, and he he probably tells a different story. But I I don't think he was doing a very good job. And <laughs> we were having a conversation, looking down at a whiteboard. Next thing I know, our head coach Curtis Dole uh, yells, "Heads up!" So what do I do? I, I look up. Yeah. Right. 
boom, <laughs> smack in the mouth. And so kind of a rocky start to my, my coaching stuff, but, um, but yeah, but outside yeah. of that puck to the face, I mean, I know how that goes. I just, that just happened to me recently as well, but, uh, I mean, saw that. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. I, I get a heads up or look out and I, I go, huh? yeah. look, look straight up into it and get clipped in the eye. But, uh, yeah, no, what a great, <laughs> yeah, it's healing up. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but what a great experience to like to jump into coaching, you know, your first yeah. year to be able to, to, to be working. So basically your first time coaching your first three years essentially is working with the Mankato D one program, CAA D one program, working under yeah. some, some very quality people and quality coaches that you can kind of learn from and, and develop your coaching style. So that's a pretty great opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. The entire, the entire staff, Darren blue, who like the way he like helps, he's one of the assistant coaches and the way like he helps manage the team and the relationships he builds with kids like that. That was easy for me to see just, he, he was around when um, he's been at MSU since it was division two. So he's been there for a while and to be able to see like how he works through things and problem solves. And honestly, to this day, if I, if I think of something or if I have a question, he's, he's first on the dial. Like, Hey, uh, got a question about this or that and he, he's always willing to help and then the other assistant Todd Cannot, who I, one day will be head coach of probably whatever college hockey team he wants he just um, he gets it and he, he has the best relationships with guys and uh, a few of the guys that I play with talk to him still all the time and so to me as a coach when, when you're not a head coach I think that speaks volumes over like wins and losses and although they've had a ton of success in the last four or five years at MSU, they just still need to get over that hump and get one. Yeah. Get a w. This year they would have won the national championship. Um, but <laughs> I never know now. So, right. Right. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great way to start off. And, um, all those guys, Hastings, Nodder, Bluey, they, they're the real deal down there in Mankato. And I was excited to, to be a part of it and kind of moving forward. I got to, to work in the high school world. And then I, I took that puck to the mouth and it kind of helped me realize that, um, I'm not a big, how do I say? Like, I, I, I like coaching kids on like, or I don't like coaching kids on like, Hey, here's what you need to do. If you're F1, if you're F2, if you're F3, um, versus like, Hey, if you are F1, here's how you can get that puck away from that guy, or here's how you can puck protect a little bit better. So you don't lose that puck once you get it. And so kind of helped me realize uh, that I wasn't as deep into, and I still love coaching and winning. And I am probably way too competitive, which I mean, every hockey player is the craziest competitor I've ever met. I hate playing board games, ping pong. It's like a lot of friendships I've lost over some of these games. <laughs> Don't take uh, losing well, huh? Right, right. Yeah, but those first couple of years, and it just kind of make me realize that I, I would rather work on, like, uh, digging into the weeds with guys um, instead of digging into, like, the X's and O's and the four checks and traps and things like that, which time and place. But for me, I'd rather I'd rather dig into the weeds with some kid and, and then get to watch him win a national championship. Like, that, to me, is... is what I like and what I enjoy more in the, in our game right now, for sure. Yeah. So working a little bit more on the individual level than the, the, the team level. So maybe that, that's a good transition then Danny into what, uh, you know, what are you doing now as a, your involvement with hockey now, um, from a coaching standpoint? 
Yeah. Well, one, I started the Let's Go podcast. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, no, I think uh, kind of a, and a few different things um, during the summer and a little bit during the season. Uh, I just do a ton of, I guess you can call it skills coaching. Uh, it's it's more whatever that kid needs coaching, right? Like sometimes sometimes that kid needs uh, how to offensive stick check. And sometimes that kid needs, Hey, you need to go take a two week break from hockey right now. Cause your mind's not right. And so it's not always skills coaching, but, but right now I, I'm just doing a lot with here in Minnesota. We, we've got a good little group of, of elite players, I guess you can call it, um, that come back during the summer and, uh, get to work with the, the MSU men's team during the season. Um, the guys that don't travel, I'll, I'll do all their skills sessions with them. And then. So you're uh, still working with the NCAA D1 team yeah. with those guys? Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been pretty lucky with that as far as um, they, they lose a lot of seniors this year. And so they, they had, they had some underclassmen that were hurt and red shirting and things like that. And so there was probably four or five uh, guys that would stay back. And so I, I would get to work with them on whatever they needed. And so, uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to be able to do that and all the black uh, aces. Is that yeah, call? yeah, absolutely. As are ready to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so that was that was cool this year. And then I, I did a lot of um, different. I got a buddy who coaches in Chaska, their PBAA team. So I'd go do a couple stuff with that. And we just had our second child. So as you know, kids are kids are full time jobs in themselves. So focusing a ton on that and now just well I was kind of gearing up for the the off season here but now with COVID-19 we're kind of all figuring this out together and so we'll see what the summer brings but I don't know just been kind of plugging away at skill stuff and then um started started what's now called project hockey yeah tell me about that so that's kind of how you and I first connected was through um just through the power of social media and um, kind of, we had one, you know, in the real world, we had a, cute, a few mutual acquaintances and in, in yep. you know, hockey's a small world. And, uh, we ended up meeting up and having some coffee and, and talking hockey and that kind of led to this, but, you know, like, I think the first time I saw kind of what you were doing was, was just through Instagram and project hockey. And, uh, so tell me about that. What is What's, what's going on with project hockey? Yeah. So, so project hockey started from like that, that kid back in Phoenix, that, I would always race home and be like, Hey mom, what, what do I do now? Like I want, I want more. And you know, youth hockey coaches, 99% of them don't coach youth hockey full time. Right. So they have other jobs and they don't have this time to be like, Hey, yeah, I want you to go home and do this, 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 and this. Right. And some do somehow like they can manage having three kids, a full-time job, coaching, practice planning, and then, off ice development as well. But from what, from what I had, when I would go home and be like, mom, I want to, I want to play, I want to get better at hockey. What can I do? And she'd be like, well, I'll run in the kitchen, do a hundred pushups. Okay. I did that. Now what do well now do a hundred sit-ups and then, okay, now what, now what? And so like always wanting more and what to do and how to do it. My mom, she, she is Canadian. Um, but she, she wasn't, she didn't grow up playing hockey. She grew up watching it, obviously being Canadian, but she didn't know, she didn't know that next step. And so it kind of just clicked with me one day that like, Hey, we need to have something for those kids that, you know, their dad or mom didn't play in the NHL or didn't play college hockey or didn't have a hockey background and tell them what to do. So, uh, 
it just, it developed into that. And so what we did was we took, we took simple stick handling drills that are good for anybody. Uh, a few of my buddies that, that play in the NHL do these workouts with us, mites, 10 year olds, peewees, band, whoever, like. So it's just, any skill level, any age, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Transferred it along lots of different age groups and levels. Huh? Absolutely. And, and kind of the, the idea behind it, the methodology that we took was kind of like a CrossFit methodology that, you know, you're either doing it for time or for rounds and reps. And so the workouts never get easier. Like you, you, your hands get better and you get better at doing squats or pushups or sit-ups or wall sits. Like you get better at doing that. Um, but the workouts don't get easier because you just do it faster. And now you're, you're more gassed or your, your, um, your heart rate's even going even faster because you're able to do a hundred of these stick handling, you know, we call them puck drills because we, we keep it very simple for, for the kid that doesn't have access to a coach like you to be, to go and work with. And so, I mean, all you need is a stick, a puck, a ball, uh, and you can do these workouts and, and so your it, background, I'll interrupt you for a second. So your background also, if, if I'm correct, is, is in physical, physical education and in training too. So I've got yeah. to imagine that, you know, so this is project hockey is a little bit of a blend of both your, your, your training, your education and your hockey experience. You're not just the average, just, you know, barely you're coming out saying, Hey, let's, right. let's do these, uh, let's do these moves a couple of times. It's a lot more thought yeah, and, and, and proven science behind what you're doing too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually had to retire from my beer league when I took that puck to the mouth. So <laughs> can't do that anymore. But, but yeah, the, these things are, are very well thought out. Um, as far as like what we're doing, how we're doing it. And if you, if you're in the program long enough, you'll, you'll definitely see the, the vision behind it. And we, every, what makes us different behind like, you know, a company that's like, Hey, um, download this, you know, pay us 500 bucks and download this PDF and have a good, good six months with it. You know, what we do it was, we keep it very low cost. Um, we're less than a dollar a day. We, it's actually 19 bucks a month and, uh, there's different workouts every single day. And, and we have an online community that supports each other and asks questions. And we have a Facebook group, a private Instagram page where, where I'm constantly answering questions and asking questions. Cause I mean, your best resource is usually right next door. So, Very uh, cool. yeah, so it, it makes us different. And what we do, like a, a lot of our workouts are like five rounds of four time. And so at the end of that workout, you're going to have a time, which is your score. And we have leaderboards for that. And so I was honestly just looking at, um, last night's leaderboard before I got, got on this podcast. And it was awesome that we had, we had a player in Los Angeles, the place for the junior Kings, uh, coached by Brett Beebe, who's a shout out Brett Beebe stud. Um, and so there's a kid, a kid in Los Angeles. We had two kids in California, a, a player in Norway um, and they were all on the same, and there was a bunch of Minnesota kids and Midwest kids and, and things like that. But it, it was cool to see like, as an 11 year old in California, I can compare myself to an 11 year old in Norway and see where I'm at. And not that beating them is the end all be all, but I, I do believe that competition drives kids and keeps kids engaged and with the way the world is now with technology anytime you can get kids involved with something like that and it, different ways to engage them, you're going to see more effort, more buy-in, which is going to end up being better for them in the long run. 
And so, yeah, very cool. So it's kind of a gamification competitive edge to it, but an individualized training, which yeah makes sense. Very cool. Um, well, let's switch gear, gears here a little bit. So, you know, you've got, you're, you're coaching with Mankato, you're coaching some individual skills for younger kids. Uh, you're doing project hockey kind of worldwide, really anybody can sign up for that. So mm-hmm. what, you know, that brings you to, you know, what else are you doing? And it's, it's this, this new podcast, let's go. So what, uh, what do you, what's kind of in your mind, your goals for this podcast or what do you, why are you doing this? Why, what do you want to get out of this? And I'm asking because yeah. I want to know too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're just getting started together on this. So what do you, what are your expectations? What are your goals? What's, what's going on? Uh, for me, uh, man, that's such a deep rooted question that we'll have to dive in even deeper another time. But, um, for me, everything I do, whether it's our local camps, which game seven, that's our local camps here in, in Mankato, Minnesota, um, or it's project hockey, or it's my Instagram, or it's whatever it is, like anything that I do in our game, I, I truly want to leave this game better than I found it. And because, and I say that, um, with some validity behind it or some, some experience behind it, because like every time I'm like, man, how did I end up here? Like, uh, like I look around at my house and it's like, man, how did I, how did I get so lucky that I'm in this house and not that hockey paid for it, but hockey brought me to this, this town. And how did I meet my wife? Well, hockey brought me there and, um, she played, she played basketball at MSU. She's a national champion, not a big deal. Uh, but, uh, and so like everything I look at, like two beautiful. So you're kids. just hoping your kids take after your wife then is what you're oh, saying. Oh yeah, for lines, sure. Huh? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I look at everything I have in my life and, and I mean, there's obviously more to it than just hockey, but I truly believe that hockey did so much for me that I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to, to repay it. And I, I mean, I don't know if I ever will, but what, what I want to do with this and our podcast is just leave this game better, better than we found it. And, and the game is in a really good spot right now. We'll see after this pause in the NHL, what kind of happens, but you know, it's things like this, it's project hockey, it's elevated hockey, it's your stuff. It, it's things, things that are kind of beneath the NHL that are, that are going to keep this train running in the right direction. And, you know, if we can jump on here and be a resource for, for, youth players, junior, college, pro, uh, parents, guardians, who, whoever's involved in our sport, whoever's lucky enough to be involved in our sport. Um, if we can be a resource or, or, uh, a place for them to come and ask questions and feel comfortable with, with asking those questions, I, I think we'd be on the right track. And so, uh, I know it's beating a dead horse, but I, I think we can do something special and definitely leave this game better than we found it for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And I'm on the same page. I mean, that's kind of what I'm, you know, I don't know exactly what to expect from what we got going here, but you know, my goal is to, is to be able to help, uh, you know, give back to the game, but, but help those players, parents and coaches out there by giving them, you know, uh, solid information, whether it's information from me, information from you, I'm sure it's going to vary and have different opinions from time to time, but also, um, bringing guests in here, and, you know, people that I know, people that, you know, people we don't know at all and talking to them about certain topics and, and getting their opinions and telling their story of their hockey career of like, you know, what mistakes they made, what did they do right so that people can learn from that too. So, yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's, uh, it's a, it's going to be exciting. We'll see how, how things go here and, uh, keep things, yeah. 
rolling right along. So yeah, I'm fired up for it. Absolutely. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, Danny, thanks for sharing your story. That's a little background about you. I know we'll touch on a lot of that stuff more coming up. Um, but let's wrap that thing up. Any final, final words or last thoughts? Actually, I got one for you. Yeah. Final words. Then I got one question for you. Uh, not a ton. I just, just know, I mean, you hit it on the head as far as like helping coaches, players, uh, anybody involved in our sport. And I, I think that, uh, right now with the way the game is and the way the world is, uh, not trying to hide behind anything that the world needs, you know, something like this, the world needs people like us, the world needs it. And not that we're the end all be all, but, uh, we're, we're definitely, um, a positive and trying to help the situation that we're in right now. For sure. So with that, Danny, where, uh, where can people find you outside of uh, this podcast? Um, well, you want like my home address or what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Phone number, home. No, no. you're, uh, uh like, somebody's looking to find more about you. you they can find absolutely. you where on, on Instagram or your website. Yeah. Uh, on Instagram, uh, Danny underscore hype. Uh, don't ask where that started. It's an old, uh, it's a long conversation, but, uh, and then, uh, project hockey, those are kind of the main ones that, that I help with. And then, um, the project hockey.com is where you can find all our info as far as getting signed up for our, our daily at home hockey workouts. And, you know, now is kind of the best time to jump on those just because everyone should be staying inside and doing their part because the faster we kill this thing, the faster we get the NHL back on TV. There you go. Well, good deal. I'm excited to get this thing rolling. So, uh, let's, uh, let's break there and get rolling. Sounds good. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) 